Ag Tire Talks, driving yield through tire technology, sponsored by Michelin Agriculture. With Ag Tire Talk here, I'm with Mahari Takeste. He is a professor at Iowa State. Welcome to the program. Thank you, James, for inviting me to this podcast program. Well, I got to tell you, we've had a lot of guests on this program. I've got three decades of experience, but compared to my experience with your PhD and your laundry list of credentials, um, you know, I, I feel like I pale in comparison. So <laughs> let's first start off with some credentials of what you do for Iowa State and uh, some some of your background, Mahari. Yes, so uh, I'm an associate professor at Iowa State uh, University in Ames, Iowa, in the Department of Agricultural and Biosystems Engineering. So I do research and teaching. Uh, the teaching is uh, on machine systems uh, for undergraduate students and graduate uh, uh, students. On the research side, uh, I try to work on physical systems modeling and simulation of machine-soil interaction and machine-to-crop interaction as well. On well, very the, good. So uh, you also have some experience working for equipment manufacturers, correct? Yes, I uh, I had uh, about ten years, uh, you know, cumulative working on a private industry uh, with uh, manufacturers uh, like John Deere and and CNH, uh, working in the soil dynamics uh, uh, research and uh, equipment design uh, group. Very good. Well, CNH and Deere certainly um, some good credentials there in the in the time spent. All right, so. Um, Let's get into what you want to talk about today and some of the things that you're working on. So um, let's talk about flat plate and let's talk about, you know, what people are currently using today to measure footprints and really where you'd like to see that go in the future. Yeah, I think uh, quite recently, you know, uh, uh, we have in my group, uh, we start to to learn a little bit more about uh, footprint, you know, soil compaction and how that, uh, you know, affects uh, crop yield mainly uh, because uh, machines are getting bigger and conditions uh, working on a soil that is vulnerable to soil compaction, you know, is becoming, uh, you know, uh, uh, common. Uh, at the uh, Iowa State, I'm the director of the National Soil Dynamics Laboratory. So we have created uh, uh, an artificial soil, which simulates uh, natural soils uh, that uh, range in the typical Midwest area, uh, that from a silty clay loam to a clay loam range. So when we start uh, doing testing for footprint on soil, on the artificial soil, it's giving us, uh, you know, repeatable data compared to doing it in the field. And uh, we noticed uh, that when you do footprint measurement on uh, deformable and soft artificial soil, like uh, the one that we have in our lab, it's, it, it starts to give a very good physics-based comparison uh, when uh, someone tries to measure tire footprint uh, with change in tire inflation pressure and uh, pneumatic tires versus track. Um, All right, so let's take a step back for a moment. So really, correct me if I'm wrong, you were seeing some shortcomings in the current flat plate 
procedures that the bulk of manufacturers are were using. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. So uh, a lot of the uh, uh, tire manufacturers, when they do measure a footprint, they do measure it on hard surface. That's one thing. Uh, because, you know, measuring it on soil that changes its condition is not repeatable. And the second thing, from my investigation, uh, from my literature review, it seems that they do measure majority of them at maximum load and the maximum tire inflation. That's pressure. right. Most of them do. Now, but if you look at the physics, the true physics of uh, pneumatic tires, when they deflect, they give a more representative footprint on deformable soil, not on hard surface. Uh, so, yes, the standard over the years was done on hard surface, but it's not, that's not their desired choice. It's just because the hard surface is repeatable. But Yeah, you our, know, just real quick on that. So, I mean, for as long as I can remember, flat plate has always been done that way. And it's always, you know, we've got a, a, a post on that as well. The other piece that's important to note on just the traditional hard surface one is everyone measures them differently, right? There's no set. It's not like there's a, a governing body like a tire and rim or ETRTO that goes and says, hey, you got to do it this way. So there's variance in addition to the physics, in addition to only doing them at max inflation pressures. So yeah, I'm thrilled to see someone doing something different and pushing the edge of the envelope and it, 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 at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're measuring them on hard surfaces, but we're using them on dirt. Doesn't seem to make a whole bunch of sense, you know, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I agree. So, uh, so anyway, um, so you've been testing them. Now you've done some research on testing on artificial soil, right? And you're saying that because of the physics, the footprints vary. So why don't you give us some color on that, on how much they vary and how they vary because of the physical differences of the artificial soil. Sure. I think, uh, you know, if we go back a little bit before, you know, we talk about, you know, footprint, compaction starts at the footprint. So the bigger footprint, you know, it would allow you to apply low ground pressure. Now you're trying to compare to gain ground pressure, uh, lowering a ground pressure or getting a, a bigger footprint, there are these new tires that came very recently, the IF and VF standard radial tires. And then the, uh, uh, in the track, uh, four track or quad track are also getting very, very popular. Now let's look at tire and track. So tires, they're flexible, they do deform, but tracks are rigid. Now, when you uh, measure a footprint on a hard surface, the hard surface does not deflect or it's rigid. So the track is rigid. The ground surface is rigid. So what you're getting a footprint is the same like what you have on that track length. We didn't even see any difference when you do it in the field. You know, however, when you look at the pneumatic tires, they do deflect and the hard surface is not deflecting. But when we did it on the artificial soil where the tire deflects, the soil also deforms, deflects. So you gain the footprint when you do it 
tire on soil, in the artificial soil, compared to a tire on a hard surface. That's the key. Because in reality, the advantage you gain out of tires is because they deflect to gain bigger footprint, the soil has to give in. That's what you would need to compare them to be, you know, a physics phase. For example, if you want to compare pneumatic tire versus track. And that was a premise in our test. So what we found out- Hang on one second. That- if you just hang on one second. So, so first of all, just to be clear about the initial discussion point, which is really what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is that with a track, because it's not pneumatic and it's not malleable, really the hard surface flat plate or the area that's measured is very similar to what is tested in the soil, if not almost for all intents and purposes identical, versus the tire, because it's a flat, rigid surface, the physical properties lend itself to working better on malleable soil. Because of that, the tire area on the artificial soil is much larger versus the hard surface. So basically you got track, which hard surface to, to soil, it the measures out about the same area width or flat plate. But tire, hard surface compared to soil, the soil is more represented from a physics standpoint. It's much larger for the tire on the soil versus the hard surface when it comes to the area of the flat plate. Is that correct? That's correct. So, okay. uh, for example, for uh, uh, an, uh, uh, 480 uh, ADR50 uh, row crop uh, rare uh, dual tires, when we tested it on a footprint on a hard surface versus the, uh, the artificial soil, we saw like a 40% higher in footprint when you do it with the artificial soil compared to a uh, hard surface. That on the track, it's the same. So you would see this significant uh, uh, increase on the footprint when you do it on soil. And that's that's the true of physics because the soil has a stiffness. It deforms. The tire has stiffness, which most likely is higher than the soil. But that's the true of physics that, that you would see in the field. Awesome. So, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on with Ag Tire Talk and on the Driving Yield Through Tire Technology podcast is really getting the detail that um, sets us apart. And with that being said, we're talking about a 480-8050. First, let's clarify a couple of points. It's a standard tire, correct? Yes. And these are field pressures. And this is a like our standard DB24 row planner at field unfolded pressures which gets it down to upper single digits. And in this case, on the Sport 8050 dual setup, it's at 9 PSI, correct? Yes, that's correct. That's one of the tire inflation pressure. It's a rated uh, uh, tire inflation pressure for field load condition on a row crop uh, uh, prepared for uh, uh, for 24-row uh, planter. We did the study comparing- Hang on a second, real quick. Just one other detail I want to make mention. This is a mechanical front wheel drive tractor. So like a Deer 8R or a Case Magnum. And it's compared to a Deer 8RX four track machine. So just to be clear about those particulars, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to just get those couple of points out. Okay, go ahead, Mari. Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, so what we did was uh, it's a a, a three replicate uh, design of experiment, uh, the tractor is a row crop tractor. And then the other tractor is 8R for uh, uh, track uh, uh, RX, 24 inches 
uh, track width for inch track width. Thank you. And uh, the uh, for the uh, row crop tire on the rear axle, uh, we had two tire inflation pressure settings: uh, nine psi and twenty-six psi. The twenty-six is uh, for uh, transport load condition, and then the nine psi is uh, for field load condition. So we compared uh, this uh, three and uh, compare the footprint from uh, you know the duals compare it with with the track uh, where the dual tires were uh, had like two tire inflation pressures uh, like i mentioned uh, uh, field load and uh, transport load uh, uh, tire recommend, tire manufacturer recommended uh, uh, inflation pressure settings got it and very quick, one data point, correct me if I'm wrong, is you've got this statistic where it really on the flat plate, using the hard surface, the tire was 17% smaller than the track when it comes to the area of the footprint. That was at the 9 PSI, correct? Yes. Yeah, so like uh, like you had mentioned before, you know, all this standard uh, uh, or we call it industry method of measuring hard uh, uh, footprint is on a hard surface in our study at maximum inflation pressure. In our study, we we were comparing one of the results. OK, the interesting result that we found was at the low tire inflation pressure was its nine PSI. You know, when you compare it with the footprint that you, a track would would generate. So when you compare them on hard surface, 9 PSI, 480 ADR50 compared with track, the footprint on a hard surface, the 9 PSI generated 17% smaller than the contact, the, than the uh, uh, footprint generated from the track. Your axle, yeah. Yeah, when you do it on the artificial soil, which is a true physics based measurement. The uh, uh, the tire, the duals, was a nine psi, had five percent higher footprint than the track. Yeah, larger so than the really track. The, Amazing. Yeah, this, the the key, the main difference here is the artificial soil, uh, and it mimics the natural soils in terms of uh, deflection or wrap depths. Uh, I did compare it uh, after a uh, field cultivated loam soil, fairly uh, uh, malleable field condition. The differences in the rat depth between the artificial soil and the field soil was within one quarter of an inch. Yeah, you know, one of the things I found really intriguing about this artificial soil is, you know, typically when we're doing field studies, here's the first thing that comes up. Oh, well, it's a loamy. Oh, well, it had X amount of moisture, Z amount of this or whatever. And it always gets down to soil differentiations. The cool thing, correct me if I'm wrong about this, Mahari, is that this is really um, a repeatable format from the standpoint. This artificial soil is what it is. Whatever you got concoction in it, it you can test it over and over again as long as you retill it up and make it at the same pro- properties. It's going to give you consistent results. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. So, so there are four parameters that we look at the repeatability of the test. Uh, um, one is the rat depths which is a, a 3D penetrated soil uh, consistency uh, within replicates 
another one is we also measure bulk density for every time we prepare uh, the, the bed. Uh, and then we also monitor, you know, if the uh, consistency of the, uh, uh, the artificial soil, if it's absorbing uh, uh, moisture. It does not have a moisture, but we try to monitor it. Does it keep its consistency? So over the last four years, there was no change in its behavior, was bulk density measured. Uh, any moisture gain that it might have, it did not have uh, any uh, change in variation in moisture. And then during the testes, uh, when you measure the right depth for a, uh, for a load, the same load, uh, the coefficient of variance, it shows the uh, amount of variation was less than 5%. So it's the repeatability of the material for every time that you do a test. So the artificial soil was made uh, four years ago. Uh, it's still uh, maintaining its uh, mechanical strengths. Uh, mainly we call them uh, shear strengths properties. Also. Yes, yep. Well, excellent. You know, exciting things going out in the soil dynamics lab there in Iowa State. You know, when I, when you came across this uh, with me and all of what this, all the repeatability associated with um, the artificial soil and really getting so much more of a true look at what, how that tire performs in the field for just decades. We've had it to where, you know, everyone wrestled with it. I can remember, you know, just being at the dealer level, having to get just max inflation, uh, max low PSIs. They were way up in the mid twenties to thirties. We tried to figure out for field service, you know, what it'd be at like 10. It was so challenging. And then we, um, if you wanted to um, do different brands, there was a whole nother layer of variables associated with that. So really, this is exciting stuff, Mahar. I'm thrilled to have you on the program today. Um, any closing thoughts on just the advantages of using the artificial soil to get a more representative footprint from a pneumatic tire? I think like I had mentioned, one thing is, you know, if physics is, is simulated, in this case, mechanical uh, uh, properties. So you're adding one level to what many people were trying to do was footprint measurement on a standard hard surface. That's one thing. I think the other uh, uh, opportunity is Iowa State is a land grant institution. So if uh, tire and rim or the different tire manufacturers, uh, we could provide this service as uh, from an independent institution uh, that would give more, uh, more stronger uh, repeatable data that could use uh, for either growers or making the right decision uh, either for engineering or, uh, or customer understanding. So that's the key thing that I want to highlight here is uh, the properties of the artificial soil is an engineered soil. I focus mainly on its uh, consistency or the cohesionness of it. So it gave a, a repeatable uh, uh, experiments for footprints, but we would like to extend this as a land-grant university to provide a, a service to different tire manufacturers or even uh, for uh, equipment manufacturers if they want to compare independently uh, what a customers from tire companies would provide, would, would provide uh, 
a more reliable and research-based uh, database like this. And in the long term, I look forward if uh, if uh, you could help us all uh, to bring it to the tire and Riemann cessation, where this could be a standard uh, uh, data that could be published in a tire book. Right now, uh, I, I see tire books. There, there is a ground contact area or contact area, but if you look at the details of it, uh, it lacks uh, a true standard. Um, well, good, good. So let me just try to wrap this up and make sure I got all the points right. So really, in short, you saw a need. You're like, hey, you know, everything's done on flat plate. It's not really taking into account the physical properties that lend themselves to a tire footprint. You've got the artificial soil. You did some studies. You're finding that there's about a 20% difference on the, on the studies that you've seen on a hard flat plate for a, a pneumatic tire versus that artificial soil due to the phys different physical properties of the pneumatic tire that lends itself to the more malleable surface. And um, with that being said, you, you're looking to and would like to ultimately see a better system out there, right? Than what we got now and like to see more standardization with a, um, with just a format for everyone to be able to showcase their flat plates really more representative of real world, what, what they're doing out there in the field. Did I, did I get that right? Yep. I think that's true. There's a uh, different tire configurations, uh, like new tire technologies, there's tire versus track, which is getting, you know, a hot topic again. You know, for all those new new technologies uh, or tire or or track configurations coming in the market, there's no data that that tells you, you know, which one is accurate in terms of providing you the the uh, uh, ground contact area. Like I said, you know, compaction starts at the footprint. You know, it will propagate to the soil, but as long as you understand it at the footprint, especially with penetrated soil, uh, you know, we need to understand this and do more research instead of just uh, relying entirely on, uh, to be honest, non-scientific. You know, you cannot, hard surface is, is not scientific. It's just a, a quick method. Uh, but this artificial soil is still a quick method easy to do, repeatable, and accurate. Well, I got to tell you, Mahari, you know, driving yield through tire technology, there's a couple of guiding principles. Number one is we want to talk about things that can really improve their yield. And if you're getting a more representative footprint of real world and get a better, closer estimate that, that certainly does fit the bill. You certainly fitted the bill with the, the technical, getting us the deep dives and the specific equipment, the specific tires tested down to the exact PSIs. And really, if I'm going to land on one thing, I was shocked to see the difference between a standard flat plate, see, a PSI, same PSI, versus an artificial soil. I intuitively knew that that testing methodology wasn't what it should be. You know, we even did a post on it, really talking about the variances and how to be careful about that. But I got to tell you, I think we're on the cusp of something big here um, with this artificial soil and providing just the planet, the globe on something that is just more representative of the true physical property and really what they're getting real world out in the field. So we appreciate you having on Mahari. It's been more than a pleasure. Thank you.
Thank you, James, for uh, giving uh, Iowa State this opportunity to share our, our findings, what we have, and uh, what it could provide uh, both to the private industry and also to the research and growers. Growers uh, are becoming more data data driven. They need to make a right decision. And this kind of uh, research, this kind of uh, services will help, uh, you know, the growers as well. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you.